Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The uh, U.S. Women's Open taking place this weekend at Pebble Beach. Of course, one of the most iconic golf courses that there is in not only the United States, but in the world. It's breathtaking views. It's a unique climate and environment. So many iconic moments, uh, of course, with with past major championships there uh, on the men's side. And, you know, for this year for the women, this is, you know, the the first time that the U.S. Women's Open is being played at Pebble Beach. And so it's great to see so many stars of the women's game, especially uh, two players that we'll talk about here in a minute in Michelle Wee West and Annika Sorenstam, you know, it is really cool to see the two of them, especially where they are at in their careers, be able to play a, you know, a course like this, an iconic golf course that is hosting the U.S. Women's Open this weekend. But this is kind of a, the start of a trend of, of what they are trying to do, the USGA, um, in terms of, you know, getting the, you know, the national championship uh, for the ladies at some more of these iconic courses, you know, not that they haven't played some of the, the best courses in the country before, but you know, we see with the U S open uh, for the men, you know, they're playing Oakmont, they're playing Marion, they're playing Pebble beach. And now we are seeing them, you know, try to do that on the women's side as well. And, you know, you look at some of the venues that are in the loca- in the uh, rotation coming up here over the next, you know, decade or so. I mean, you have Marion, in Philadelphia in 34 and 46. I mean, that's obviously a ways away, but you have Oakmont coming up here in 2028, also in 2038, and then they're going to host it at Oakland Hills in 31 and 42. So, you know, this is kind of the start of a trend here over the next, uh, you know, 15, 20 years where the national championship on the women's side is going to be played at some of these iconic courses. Of course, they've played it at Pinehurst number 2 before uh, that's where Michelle Wee West won her one and only major championship, her only U.S. Open uh, back in 2014. And that's been one of the big storylines of this week so far is Michelle Wee West being one of the, you know, 
modern icons of the game uh, saying farewell. You know, she's 33 years old. Uh, she recently became a mom, and she has decided that this would kind of be her last U.S. Open. Uh, she played last year, became a mom, and then realized, you know, this is my final, you know, 10-year exemption that I'll get to play in the U.S. Open. So uh, she decided, you know, why not trot out there one more time? You know, she's already pretty much retired from uh, other professional competition, but she wanted to play this final U.S. Open, uh, go out here at an iconic course like Pebble Beach, and then basically call it a career. They asked her after the round yesterday because, of course, she didn't make the cut. Um, you know, you look at the leaderboard right now, and, you know, Michelle Wee West ended up being... I want to say like 14 over. I want to see say Annika was about the same as well, but they were in a, a pairing together, and it was a really cool moment to see those two, you know, walk down 18, such a famous hole at Pebble Beach, in that final pairing together to, you know, basically close out their U.S. Open careers. You know, Michelle Wee West has been very open about it. Annika has, you know, it, it seems like this is her final one as well, though, you know, based on her competitiveness um, and, and her longevity of her career. I don't think anyone really thinks that she's going to be done playing, you know, professional competitive golf uh, whenever she gets an opportunity to do that. But, you know, in the case of Michelle Wee West, um, you know, she was labeled so young as a prodigy. And, you know, it's kind of hard to believe that you look back on her career and, you know, for as an icon, icon that she is in the women's game and for how much she has bun in being a recognizable figure – you know, she only won five LPGA Tour events, and that includes her U.S. Open that she won at Pinehurst in 2014. But, you know, whether it is, you know, just kind of the attention she brought to the game, you know, remember back, I don't know how many years ago, but when she was, you know, trying to compete in some of the men's tournaments, and that actually, you know, got some controversy. And even Annika was, was someone that, you know, wasn't necessarily a fan of, even though Annika had done that in the past. She wasn't necessarily a fan that Michelle Wee was, you know, trying to do that and, and trying to be, you know, a, a woman's player playing in some of the men's events. And in some of them, you know, she even, you know, one, I think she was even able to, you know, make the cut and, and put on a pretty good performance. Um, you know, other ones, she didn't fare as well. But, you know, I, I think when you look back at her career, there's going to be a discussion about, you know, what could have been with her. Because, like I said, only five wins on the LPGA Tour. Um Part of that was due to injury, and that's kind of one of the unfortunate things in sports is that, you know, as for as much hype as you can have, for as much attention as you can garner, for as popular as you can be, ultimately, you know, one of the things that you can't count on and you have to count on as, as an athlete is that your body holds up, is that you take care of yourself in a way that you put all of the necessary training, conditioning, nutrition into your body, and even with all that attention you pay to it, um, it still seems like there's an element of chance or good luck. And we've seen that with so many athletes across sports. Um, and that certainly can be something that can be applied to um, Michelle Wee as well. But so she calls it a career. And then that is something, an interesting dynamic that, you know, other sports don't have to deal with or, or, or at least guys don't have to deal with on the um, PGA tour. But it's something that in the WNBA they have to deal with. It's something that has to be, you know, considered on when it comes to women's soccer. You know, when you look at the U.S. women's national team, um, that desire to become a mom, you know, when you have children, um, that is, is something that these players have to consider and they have to grasp with that, you know, based on our 
our our our gender roles in our society today, you know, uh, the 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 men, a lot of them don't have to, you know, make those tough decisions. And you know, like I said, she's only thirty three years old, but uh, deciding to call it a career now because she wants to dedicate dedicate her her life full time to being a mom. So, um, you know, kudos to her, congratulations to her on on what a career it has been, and uh, you know, the best of luck to her. In that next chapter of her life, which uh, she seems very excited to to be a part of, it was cool in this final pairing yesterday with Michelle Wee and Annika. The fact that uh, they had, you know, their husbands were on the bag for them, caddying for them yesterday. Okay, and they had, um, you know, in in Annika's case, her her son who has basically like for the last year, especially, but you know, he's a young kid, is obsessed with golf, and has you know been lock and step with his mom following her um, because he's so enthralled with the game. He was, you know, right there inside the ropes following her in this final round as well. Again, yesterday, even got some TV time. They interviewed him on uh, on um, the broadcast on on the USA Network after the round as well. And he was, you know, the kid had the biggest smile I've ever, I've ever seen. Little kid missing his two front teeth and stuff. But it was cool because not only was he kind of having the time of his life to be on TV like that and get interviewed, but also... You know, you can tell the relationship he has with his mom, Annika Sorenstam, who is the goat of of women's golf for me. And I and I reposted on our social medias yesterday. You know, you heard this in our interview we did a couple of weeks ago or a month ago with Fred Funk. Um, he talked about that iconic moment where he played that skins game out in Palm Springs with Tiger Woods, Freddie Couples, and Annika. And he said to Annika, you know, if you outdrive me, I'll put on a skirt. And she's like, well, you better get a nice one. And he's like, well, why is that? Because, you know, he didn't want her to be offended or something and asked her. And, and she said, well, because I'm going to outdrive you. And he was like, well, I didn't know you were cocky, too. But ultimately, that's what happened is Annika outdrove Fred Funk, not regarded as one of the really ever one of the longer players on the PGA Tour when he was there or certainly on the Champions Tour now. Um, she outdrove him. He put on a skirt. And it's turned into one of the more iconic moments in Skins history and golf history to see, you know, those four players. And, and he's rocking a, a pink flower skirt. Uh, because Annika outdrove him. And you can check that out on her social media channels at Going Low Fan. Um, but, you know, you look back at Annika's career. I, I was, you know, reading through it last night, you know, just trying to research for the for the show and stuff. You know, she's a, you know, 10-time major champion. Um, she, uh, of course, competed in in some of these uh, in, in, in men's tournaments as well, just like Michelle Wee West was trying to do earlier in her career. And, and it was interesting to me, like, the, the one I, I got to, confirm here you know which one it ultimately was that she that she competed in um way back in the day but you know there was like some controversy surrounding that as well and I didn't realize that it was involving uh VJ Singh so she was invited to play in the Colonial at Fort Worth in Fort Worth Texas back in May of 2003 and you know while she became you know like the first woman to play in a PGA Tour event since you know, 1945, uh, when Babe Zaharias uh, qualified for the 1945 LA Open. Some people were, you know, inspired by it. Certainly some some women's players were inspired by it and thought it was very cool at the attention she was garnering. Um, but, you know, one guy specifically I didn't realize, you know, certainly because I wasn't necessarily paying a ton of attention then. I was only six years old or so. But Vijay Singh was not a fan of it. And he was saying that she should have had to qualify like all the men. I mean, she got a sponsor exemption. And then he didn't want to be beaten by a woman, which seems like a very antiquated way of thinking. Um, but I didn't know that. Um, 
So that was kind of really interesting and cool to to learn of that and, and kind of what she dealt with at the time. But, I mean, you look back on her career, and like I said, to me, the unquestioned GOAT. I mean, seven, 72 wins all time on the LPGA Tour. Um, she's won 10 majors, you know, won the Women's British Open, three times won the Chevron Championship, three times won the uh, Women's PGA, three times wins the U.S. Women's Open. Uh, most recently in 2006, that was her most recent major. So, um, you know, credit to her and congratulations on her career as well. But like I said, I'm not necessarily sure that she is going to um, hang it up, per se, after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, the other kind of storyline of this U.S. Women's Open is that, you know, the stars, maybe some of the names that you are more familiar with if you are a, a casual golf fan out there or just a casual observer um, of, you know, the, the the women's game, a lot of the stars and current stars of the game you've come to expect aren't really there or around or in contention right now. Um, you know, you look at this leaderboard currently right now, uh, leading is Bailey Tardy of the United States. She's seven under uh, after firing an opening round 69, backing that up with a 68 yesterday. Um, other than that, I, I mean, where are the really big players and stars of the game right now? I mean, Lexi Thompson, uh, her really nightmare of a, of a season thus far has continued right now. Um, pretty sure she missed the cut again yesterday. Uh, Nelly Corda, she made the cut, but she's like 12 shots back or something like that. I mean, she's the world number two right now. And um, uh, Jin Young Ko as well, who is the world number one. I mean, I, I think she ended up making the cut here. She was in that final pairing uh, as well with 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 Annika and Michelle Wee. So, uh, no, she didn't make the cut either. So, a lot of the big stars of the game today are not in contention, are really not going to be a factor, but one player is. And if you haven't heard about this player, uh, this is probably a, a commentary on you or you've been living under a rock. And that, of course, would be Rose Zhang. Rose Zhang is regarded right now, is viewed right now as like a Tiger Woods-level prodigy in the women's game. Okay, she, of course, also went to Stanford She's only been pro for about a month, and she won her first, her professional debut. She ended up winning that. She was one of the favorites coming into this tournament. I mean, you look at what she has done in her very, very young career. It is, you know, kind of insane. I mean, first of all, she, well, first of all, here, here are her collegiate numbers, okay? Here's what she did at Stanford. In 20 starts, she had 12 wins. She had 19 top 10s. She finished in the top 20 in all of her collegiate starts. She recorded a round of par or better in 87 of her rounds she played. Over half of her rounds were in the 60s. She's a two-time NCAA individual champion. And she's also a two-time Annika Award winner. Being one of the best women's golf uh, you know, amateur players or 
collegiate players in the world. She's also won the U.S. Women's Amateur. She won her first uh, professional debut this year, as I as I said as well. And uh, she also won the Augusta National Women's Amateur as well. So she's had like a ridiculous career already. She had this video that went viral earlier this week in one of her practice rounds at Pebble Beach where she's you know, teeing off on that iconic par three that's overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And she hits her tee shot. And I kid you not, if you haven't seen it, you have to go search it out and check it out on social media. But it's kind of crazy. Hits her tee shot. The tee flips up in the air and lands perfectly in her back pocket. Like, it is one of the most insane things I have ever seen. Obviously, it was just kind of dumb luck, crazy luck. But it's that's the kind of magic that she's capable of. And if you haven't seen her, if you haven't watched her play, um, she truly is a wizard. And she's only like 20 years old. Very, very, very good. And like I said, is regarded as, you know, kind of uh, the next big thing as the prodigy, potentially the next, you know, Tiger Woods. And the Tiger Woods comparisons are there um, because obviously they both went to Stanford. But uh, the comparisons are there and for good reason because she is very, very good. The other thing that really strikes me about this, uh, the U.S. Women's Open is, you know, some of these players made their debut you know, at the, at some of these tournaments, you know, when they were like 11, 12 years old. I mean, you look at like Lexi Thompson, for example, this is her 17th U.S. Women's Open. She's 28 years old. The first one she played, she was 11. I mean, that's insane. And like, we doubt, we don't see that at all in the, on the, in the men's game. I think primarily just because obviously an 11-year-old doesn't have the length to compete with these guys. And, you know, it's it's hard to believe that an 11-year-old on the ladies' side has the length to compete or the game to compete or to even qualify for this. But nevertheless, you know, Lexi Thompson's playing it, played in her 17th U.S. Open at the age of 28 years old is uh, is kind of insane. The last thing I wanted to mention about this is there was a little bit of of controversy earlier this week as... You know, we saw uh, one of these uh, competitors that ended up getting disqualified because her caddy was using a rangefinder. Now, rangefinders are allowed on the LPGA Tour, so I don't necessarily blame the caddy for thinking or forgetting that he couldn't use a rangefinder to get the yardage and distance. And it wasn't just like a one hole deal. And the rules official said, you know, if you would have just done it on one hole, we would have given her a two-stroke penalty, whatever it was, and then we move on. But apparently it was like five holes in before anyone noticed. And they were using a rangefinder the entire time. The player gets disqualified. But it raises this question that I've heard a lot where, you know, the consideration of bringing rangefinders onto the PGA Tour. People thinking it'll speed up the pace of play, uh, that it'll make things faster, that it'll get things moving along more. I disagree with it. I, I think, number one, one of the unique things about golf is that player-caddy relationship. The caddies put in so much effort, attention. Uh, they are so committed to their craft, you know, with the way that they are, you know, pacing out distances, with the way that they are analyzing a course, 
and using those you know tools and, and things that they learn to assist their player and the type of camaraderie that that relationship requires to me is I think something that makes professional golf special. Could we speed things up a little bit? Probably. I don't think golf has a baseball problem. I think golf is what golf is to an extent. And for me, if you like it, you like it. And turns out a lot of people really enjoy it. I don't think it has the problem with baseball where it's something that's turned into, you know, a five-hour slog all the time. Golf is golf. It's just inherently what it is. But I also think that using a rangefinder for the pros kind of takes a little bit of the craftsmanship, kind of takes a little bit of the challenge out of it. Like, you and I out there should be using a rangefinder because, yeah, it speeds up the play when we're playing at our local municipal course or a public course when no one wants to play a five-hour round there. But also, we're not pros. You know, we shouldn't be asked to be able to, you know, identify just basically by eyesight if a shot is 115, 120, 125. But if you're a guy that's a, a professional golfer on the PGA Tour... And, I mean, they're using rangefinders in the PGA Championship, and I didn't love that. Like, if you are a professional golfer, sorry. Use the caddy. Figure it out yourself. But I don't like the idea of using the rangefinders. But they use them on the LPGA Tour, and uh, someone, it cost them, as they ended up getting DQ'd from the U.S. Women's Open in Pebble Beach uh, earlier this week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.